0: The Bible are for me an anchor of my life. In the year 1989 I was in South Africa and got baptized there. A friend of mine gave me a word for my lifetime. It's written in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Forget the former things, Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? This baptism and the words, they have become very important to us. We decided to leave our job and to start a new thing with our God. We experienced in many occasions of our life that God is ready for new things and he made us ready to follow him, to step into new things. It was perhaps in the family or financial things or whatever, but God gave us peace and help in every situation. So
1: wow, what an amazing story of our amazing, what is his name? Ernst, Ernst, I know him actually usually. Hey church, I hope you're doing very well. Um, maybe for those people you coming here every Sunday, you will figure out my voice is a little bit different. It's very l- low my voice because uh, uh, I'm sick since, uh, uh, sick since Thursday uh, and please pray for me. I have a little, my, my voice is attacked and I have a little bit fever. Of course, I'm still looking good. That's not a problem. While well, I'm not feeling good, that's another story, right? I'm looking good. I'm looking awesome. Come on. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling, feeling fit. And please pray for me because I flew into Warsaw uh, Friday, Saturday. I preached for a teenager conference. I came home yesterday evening, very late for, for today. I preach here. Tomorrow morning, I'm flying out to Qatar. Uh, I preached there with Christian Kane and Hillsong, a uh, London band for three days. It will be around 8,000 people. Coming home, I will preach in Germany for a leadership conference. 5,000 leaders around Europe. Coming home for the Sunday. Flying out again for the movement two days. Coming home and then flying out to South Africa for Hillsong Cape Town. And I really appreciate it if you can pray for me. uh, Because I I was so happy and glad when I saw my agenda. But I know if I'm weak, God is strong in me. I know that for sure. But I would love to enjoy also a little bit like the traveling season. But if not, um, I'm just... Uh, give God the glory anyhow, because he used me, even though if I'm a weak uh, vessel, please pray for me. I appreciate it, because this is really a very unique moment in my traveling season until Christmas. We started a brand new series about the word, and the title is, How Can You Decor God's Word? I believe the word of the God, the Bible, is the most read, the most published, the most attacked, and the most... Powerful divine document in whole history. The Bible is very, very a powerful book. And I want to read right in the beginning four quotes about four people. They quoting the Bible. The first person is Voltaire. He was the most influential philosopher. He said, in 100 years, there will be no Bible in the world. The last issue will be then lying around in someone's peddler shop. Is this right? he right? Was he right? Say so, no, you, you're definitely not right because the Bible is still number one published book all around the globe. Is anyone here, you read the GQ magazine, a Style Magazine for Men here? Is there anyone you have that magazine? Thank you, thank you, thank you so In the year, in April 19, 2018, the GQ magazine said, there are 21 books. You should not read it. And one was of them is like the Lord's uh, the, the Ring of the Lords. Of course, it's too long, it's better you watch the movie. They said the Holy Bible is rated very highly by all the people who supposedly live it by it, but who in actually have not read it. Those who have read it know there are some good parts, but overall it's certainly not the finest thing that man has ever produced. It is repetitively. Self contradictionally sententious, foolish, and even all times ill intentioned. With other words, he's saying the Bible is not actually a good book. The thing is, the Bible is not a book f- written by human beings, it's a book written by the Holy Spirit, by God Almighty, to, to spirit people. Now, two quotes uh, very good quotes about Carl Hilti. Is anyone you know Carl Hilti? Not like the, yeah. No book in the world has had so many critics and no one, like the Bible, has remained superior to all without expectations. The Bible is still, over all the texts, the book number one. Now, Søren Kierkegaard, not Søren from ICF Essen, Søren Kierkegaard. He said, the Bible is not here for us to criticize, but it's for us to criticizing us that means if I start reading the Bible, the Bible starts to read me. It's not I criticizing the Bible. If I start reading the Bible, the Bible starts to criticize me. And I think there's so many pro and contra about the Bible. You have to understand in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, the Bible gives us a clear uh, uh, explanation about the power of the Word of God, because the Bible says the cross. And the life of Jesus, it's for people a foolish thing, right? If you don't believe in Christ, if you don't believe in God, the cross and even Jesus doesn't make sense at all, right? If you're not believing in God, even though the Bible doesn't make sense at all. And here the Bible says, clearly, it's not a book written for humans. It's a spiritual book written for spiritual people. That means the day you, you, you get born again, you are a spiritual person. The Word of God is a spiritual book written for spiritual people. That means for you and me. And we are able to understand it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Why I'm telling you this is very important because you understand it's a spiritual book written for spiritual people. Sometimes I meet people, not not, not a person here that's saying to me, Pastor Leo, the Bible is so thick. I mean, two-thirds, it's the Old Testament, And one third, it's the New Testament. And when I read the Old Testament and New Testament, it seems there are two different gods. I say, what do you mean by that? They say, the first part, the Old Testament, it's the old law. It's all about laws, the old covenant. And old means already old. When I read the Old Testament, it's so brutal. It seems that God had not the best season, not the best time. Because so brutal. I mean, God was mm, 70% okay. But in the New Testament, God changed into the new government, into grace. Grace is always very positive. And the New Testament is so different. It means that God has leveled up. God is not the same anymore. And I like the new God. Is there anyone you can relate and they, they will say, you know, that's why I don't read the Old Testament. It's gone. It's over. It's not good. And the reason is when Jesus Christ came and died, he, all from the Old Testament, he fulfilled the Old Testament and he came and he brought a new spirit and a new law. That's why I only have to read the New Testament. Have you ever heard people saying like that? Here is the thing, if you say, I quit the Old Testament, here are two challenges you will face. First of all, Jesus is quoting in the New Testament so many times the Old Testament, more than you ever can think or imagine. And even though Paul is quoting the Old Testament, often, often more as you can think or imagine. If you take out all the quotes Jesus quoted from the Old Testament or Paul, you, you just take those things out, but Jesus is not quoting the Old Testament or Paul, then your Bible is an empty Bible, a very mini, small Bible, and often people walk around with a very thin and small Bible. Now you're looking to me like this. Oh my gosh, where does the pastor is going? Thanks for asking, and I want to give you an illustration. To explain you that the New and the Old Testament, they belong together. You cannot split the Old and the New Testament. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is full of grace and God is also full of love. love. Now here's an amazing illustration about the New and Old Testament on the screen. If you have a smartphone, please take your smartphone out. This is an amazing illustration actually. You can see so often the New Testament is quoted in the New Testament and the New Testament is quoting the Old Testament or the Old Testament is quoting the Old Testament or sometimes the Old Testament is quoting the New Testament. You see so many links from Old to New, from New to Old, from old to new, from New to Old, from Old to New, from New new to Old or in another illustration is a same story again. You see the old in the new, the new in the old, the old in the old, the old in the new, the new in the new, the new in the old. You see so many different links. And now I want to ask you an amazing theologic question How many times is the Bible preference? It's like a preference link from the old to the New Testament. How many links are there in the Bible? What do you think? Just 100. 5,000, 10,000, is there more? Just say like, f- okay, you're not close. 63,000 links from the Old to the New Testament. If you're ever uh, running into a person in the church and say, I don't read the Old Testament anymore, you say, oh my gosh, you're flipping flip. Sixty-three. Thousand links, you have a link problem. You have a link problem, it's more linked than you can ever think or imagine. Now, I want to give you a Bible explanation, for example, right in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now, the serpent, I want to ask you, who was the serpent? Is there anyone who knows what is the serpent? What is the serpent? The devil. Why do you know that? Has your mom tell that? Your father? Your preacher? We will we, we'll say, we agree, it's the devil. But why do we know it's the devil? Voila, amazing person. It's in the book of Revelation. You see a link from the Old to the New Testament. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. The great dragon was hurled down. Then the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan. You only know because of the revelation, Book of Revelation, that the serpent it's the devil or it's the Satan. Why is this important? We quoting the Bible often back and forth more as you can think or imagine. And now there's another sentence who leads the whole world astray. And now comes the sentence. He was hurled to earth with his angels with him. The devil was not the only angel in heaven. There were so many angels. And one third of all the angels were kicked out from heaven on earth. Where does the serpent and the demons live? On earth, on a field. Just know that for a moment. And let's go back with that knowledge in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. And let's go on in the sentence. Now the serpent was more subtile than any beast on the field that means from all the angels that have been fallen satan's was the smartest from all the demons and this gives a link from the old testament into the new testament and back and forth and you see we need the old and the new testament if we want to follow god in a very very strong way we need always both Sixty three thousand links from old to the new testament let's take another picture example uh, paul for those people say, Paul was born up with the Holy Spirit, new season, new covenant, all is new. He is quoting also uh, the Old Testament. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19 to 20. Speak in the church to one another with what? Where are the Psalms in the Old Testament? He is saying when you gather in a church, in a small group, quote, sing, prophesy the Psalms over your life. He's quoting the Old Testament. And then, of course, song from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think let's do this right now together. I wanna change right now the celebration into a small group. I think when we gather, it's hearing the word of God is one thing. What, what will happen if we prophesy hymns, psalms, over one each each other here on the screen you see many many bible verses from uh, the psalms so many bible verses and what i want to do right now with you guys is you can turn to your neighbor and just pick one of the uh, psalms and prophesy that psalm over that person. I believe if we speak the word of God to one another, it does something in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit. If you are alone, no problem. You can sit there for two minutes and you can read all the Bible verses for yourself and you will figure out it has an amazing, powerful impact in your life. Just can you turn around to the person. Now let's, let's do small group and just prophesy that Bible verse over that person. This is says, okay. So let's be more international. That means we are very easy. We love to do that, you know. Swiss people, they hate it, but international, you're born for that, you know. Just grab a person and prophesying the word of God to each other. Two minutes, I'm back.
2: In the beginning, the Word was already there. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through Him. Nothing that has been made was made without Him. Life was in Him, and that life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into this world. The word was in the world that was made through him, but the world did not recognize him. Some people did accept him. They believed in his name. And he gave them the right to become children of God. The Word became a human being. He made his home with us. We, we have seen his glory. It is the glory of the one and only Son. He, he came from the Father. And he was full of grace and truth.
3: How can a young person keep his life pure? By living in keeping with your word. I trust in you with all my heart. Don't let me wander away from your commands. Teach me your orders. With my lips I talk about all of the decisions you have made. Following your covenant laws gives me joy just as great riches gives joy to others. I spend time thinking about your rules. I consider how you want me to live. I take delight in your orders. I won't fail to obey your word. My thoughts are not like your thoughts, and your ways are not like my ways, announces the Lord. The heavens are higher than the earth, and my ways are higher than your ways my thoughts are higher than your thoughts the rain and the snow come down from the sky they do not return to it without watering the earth they make plants come up and grow the plants produce seeds for farmers they also produce food for people to eat the words i speak are like that They will not return to me without producing results. They will accomplish what I want them to. They will do exactly what I sent them to do. My people, you will leave Babylonia with joy. You will be led out of it in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song as you go and all of the trees in the fields will clap their hands. Pine trees will grow where there used to be bushes that had thorns on them and myrtle trees will grow where they used to be thorns. That will bring me great fame. It will be a lasting reminder of what I can do. It will not be forgotten.
1: So let's give these uh, ladies a big hand. Come on, church. <laughs> I, I loved- I love to see when uh, you guys in the church start to prophesying to each other with hymns and psalms. It's so powerful. The Word of God is really life-changing. And in the second part, I want, I want to teach you a very, very unique thing, decoding symbols in and with the Bible. I want to I teach you right now. You will see the link from the Old to the New Testament, from the New to the Old Testament. There are so many symbols in the Bible and if you understand the symbols, they have such a broad and amazing meaning. I will start with the Bible verse Luke chapter 10 verse 17 and 19 and there are so many symbols actually in that Bible text. The the disciples came back, they, they shared the word of God with the people and they came back actually. And then they said, Lord, even the demons, now I want to underline the word demons, even the demons submit to us in your name. Then he replied, I saw Satan's fall like a lightning from heaven. Jesus speak about something, it happened already. It was like a symbol. And then he's saying, I have given you authority to tremble on snakes. Here is the word snakes. And we know from Revelation, snakes means Satan. And uh, Jesus is teaching the people of God, we have authority over the devil. Amen. Can I hear an amen? amen. This is Deep to understand, we have given the authority from God, not only over the devil, also over scorpions. And scorpions is actually demons. That means the demons and Satan, we are not victim because Christ lives in us. And God has given us authority to submit and we can command. And he is not even a big part in our lives. This is an amazing statement. Then he says, and he overcomes all the enemy, nothing, nothing will harm you. Please on the line the word nothing on planet earth can harm you no demon no devil nothing on planet earth this is like symbolic words in the bible now if you're doing a bible study for example you can google the word scorpions in the you version or in the, the bible server you put in the word scorpion i want to make it very simple for you guys put in the word scorpions in the you version of the bible you see a link to revelation chapter 9 verse 3 Three to four this is how you can do a bible study let's go into revelation chapter 9 3 and 4 and out of the smoke locusts came down on the earth and were given power like that of a scorpions on earth where does the demon lives on earth on a field now it goes on they were not told to harm please on the line that amazing statement God has given them an area where they have authority, but in certain areas, they are not allowed to harm. What to harm? Saying, you're not allowed to harm grass. I will say, I don't care if demons killing grass. What's the point? They're not allowed to harm any plant or any tree. I live in Zurich. I don't care about the tree. But only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Just pause for a moment. The devil cannot harm anyone. Those people, they are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Their names are written in the book of life. They cannot harm the devil. But now comes the question. What is grass, tree, and a plant? It's all symbolic language actually. In the Bible, there is a reference in Psalm 1, verse 1, 2, 3. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who knows, meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruits in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And check this out. Jesus is saying to the devil, to demons, you cannot harm grass. You cannot harm a tree because those that are sealed, you cannot attack them. Psalm 1 saying actually we are the trees. We are born for an anointing, for a calling and for a person. Now you can link the tree means you and me and the grass and the leaves means we are planted by the rivers of God. It means we are flourishing, we are prospering and the devil cannot steal your anointing. He cannot steal your calling. Can I hear an Amen. This is very important to understand. He cannot steal and rob your anointing, your calling. It's impossible. He cannot harm you. You have the authority over him. When you understand the symbols in the Bible, gives you another precision. I'm not a victim, and the devil cannot do whatever he wants to do in my life, but I am stronger than any demons and every devil in my personal journey. Of course, the last two days... um, when I was sick and I flew into Warsaw, I said, this must be an attack. What the devil can do, he can be like a roaring lion. Or he can tempt you. Or he can frighten you. This is what the devil can do. He can attack you, frightens you, attempt you. This is what he can do. But he cannot steal and rob the calling, the blessing, and the anointing in your life. That's impossible. He cannot touch that. Okay, I flew into Warsaw. I was very sick. My voice was really bad, better than now. I went on stage, more than 2,000 teenagers. I started to preach the word of God. And after 20 minutes in my message, I had another 20 minutes on the clock. I heard the Holy Spirit saying to me, stop the message. It's enough. And I said, but there's 20 minutes. I can do more. I can do better. And I learned to be obedient along the way. And the worship band they were somewhere in the corner, and I said, "What shall I do now? I mean, the band is somewhere, you know if I ask him the band to come to the front, it takes five minutes. And then I said, "Hey, guys, can we stand up for a moment? There in Warsaw. and two thousand people stand up and said, "Look, there's no music, no atmosphere, nothing." And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. I said, we should stop the message. It's done, and let's let's listen to the Holy Spirit, and we were quiet for maybe ten minutes." <laughs> imagine 10 minutes you can hear anything people are whispering uh, you could hear anything and after maybe in eight minutes really the holy spirit spoke to me and said to me there are so many people in the building they have the spirit of fear they are led by fear and the spirit of fear it's not a normal thing the spirit of fear it's a demonic thing and often the demonic thing, it's even though in a church, people, they know what they should do. They have their calling, their vision, their dreams, but they are afraid of doing what they should do. And I said, like, hey guys, I have this impression, impression, a lot of people right now here, you have the spirit of fear. You should do things. You have a calling. If this is you, please come on the front. I think almost everyone came to the front. I thought, okay, next time I do it differently. I ask those people, they don't have a problem. They come to the front. And I have never seen the last maybe two years such a strong presence of the Holy Spirit, and God really somehow spoke to me and said, "That's the problem." Even though in our church, even here, even in my life, there's a spirit of fear, and this is like an attack of, of the of the of the of demons and the Satan who gives you fear. Fear what does my father, my mom, my wife, people, Swiss people, whatever, think. And I'm not doing that. But there's a calling, a destiny in me. And we are called and we are over the demons and over Satan. You have to break the spirit of fear because that's not from God. It's straight from hell. I want to tell you an amazing story. Smith Wigglesworth, an amazing preacher in, in the UK many, many decades ago. One, one evening he was, he was sleeping and all of a sudden, maybe two o'clock in the morning, he heard an amazing noise in the house. He woke up and that time there were no, no, no electricity. He took a, a, a candle, he lighted the candle and with the candle he walked into the living room and in the living room was the devil standing And he looked at the devil two o'clock in the morning and then he blew the candle and said, ah, it's only you. He turned around, went back to sleep. Do you understand the message? The devil is not even an issue in your life. It's not even a question in life. He has no authority, no power in your life. You can stand over scorpions and over serpents. You are stronger than anything else on planet earth. I want to. There are some uh, certain uh, possibilities, symbolic meanings in the Bible. For example, snake stands for Satan, scorpions for demons, three for humans, sheep for people of God, shepherds for leaders and pastors, and wild animals always in the Bible stands for demons. Now I want to show you in the end of the message about demons where they have been in the life of Christ and many places. Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 5. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And then they were scattered. They became food for all the wild animals. Are the wild animals a lion, a tiger, or a wolf? No. The wild animals are always demons. The Bible is clear. If i running away from that shepherd, if i running away from the presence of God in my life like a sheep, you know where I'm moving? I'm moving into a place where wild enemies, demons and satans will hunt me. It's not, not the demons are the problem. I'm moving in the wrong direction. A lot of people, you're moving right now in the wrong direction. You move away from the presence of God. And then you are in the field where all the demons are living. Uh, you see the same thing in the life of Jesus in Mark chapter 1 verse 13. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days by tempting by Satan. I always thought he was 40 days tempted by Satan. Just think for a moment. If you are Satan and you know Jesus is the son of God and he sense over everything. And you want to kill Jesus. You want to bring Jesus away. What will you do? You will ask every source. Everyone is for you to join you, right? You will not fight alone. And I always thought the devil was tempting alone Jesus. Just read carefully the next verse. He was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals. Around Jesus was Satan and one third of all the fallen angels, the demons, were surrounding Jesus for 40 days and nights and angels were there as well. Were the wild animals lions, tigers or wolves? (laughs) No, they are demons And what is the difference between Jesus and the sheep? When Jesus was tempted by the devil and by the demons, Jesus is not saying to the devil and to the demons, oh, that's not fair. I'm fasting 40 days, you know. I have a big ministry. You don't talk fair. I don't like it. This is not good. No, he never spoke like that. Jesus quoted in the desert the word of God he said to the demons and to the devil it's written in the word of God I don't care what you say I don't care what you think you have to fight spiritual fight you fight with a spiritual book with a spiritual God who is stronger than any circumstances if you are in the fight don't quote a good quotes. quote always the living word of God quote the Bible Always, always. Now I want to speak to those people. If you born again, you get you get you get to know Christ maybe for the last year. There is also a message. Jesus quoted the word of God, some sheep were walking away. But in, in in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 22, you will be not allowed to eliminate them to all at once. That means we can kick out all demons in once it's not a big deal we have this authority but check out what the bible says but all the wild animals will multiply around you and god gave me really a, a revelation when you got saved you have so many areas you're not set free right now your life is like a, it's like an apartment with different rooms When you got saved, the Holy Spirit will lead you from room to room and you clean one room and you redecorate the room. You're going to the next room, you clean it and redecorate it. That means you're going from room to room, from room to room. You're not doing everything in once. Jesus is saying the same thing in the New Testament as well in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 to 45. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, if you got saved, it goes through and arrives places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. It's not good news, right? When it arrives, it defines the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. That means it's kicked out everything, it's cleaned, but empty. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirit more wicked than itself, and they go and live there. And in the final condition of that person, it's worse than the first. That means if I kicking out demons in the power of Jesus Christ, I can do it. But if you're doing everything at once, you cannot handle it. You're not strong enough. This is what Jesus is quoting in the Old and in the New Testament.